glory. Dear Praise God. God. Like I was saying, if I, it would be awfully good if you all have taken notes tonight. If not, please get that callback number and go back and go and listen to it again. Take your time and take notes because we're going to go into some, we're going to start talking about some things now. Tonight we're going to talk about, the, uh, we're going to, is the church under the Mosaic Law? Just the topic? Yeah. Are we under the Mosaic Law? Okay. Because there's never been a clear-cut distinction in the mind of the church between the Abrahamic covenant and the new covenant in the blood of Christ. You see, when God cut covenant with Abraham, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was to the end that there might, you know, that, that there might come into being a new nation, okay, a people in covenant relationship with God. There weren't people that had a covenant relationship with God at the time. And also that out of that covenant that he had, this new relationship that he had, um, that he was trying to establish with this new nation, that out of this covenant, out of these covenant people, should come the redeemer of the human race. Man, isn't that beautiful? So when you say under the Mosaic Law, you're saying... I'm, well, I'm talking the, about the law. Under the law. The law, right. Uh, the law itself. I'm going to try to cut this off and I'm going to turn. Huh? Yeah. Hold on. I'm just going to do this. Hold on. Give us one second here. We're still trying to get adjusted in all of this. <laughs> all right. There we go. So I'm talking about under the law. All right, is the church, what's the relationship between the law and the church today? So we're going to look at it because, you see, but out of these covenant people, God desired that the Redeemer would come from these covenant people, the Redeemer of the entire human race. You know what I like about that? I like about that because what we're, we're stating a fact here, that, that the, when the Redeemer comes, he don't care what color you are. He don't care what size you are. He don't he don't care what kind of hair you got. He's coming to redeem the entire world. All of mankind. He came to redeem all of us. Alright, I'm so sick and tired of hear people saying that we're the original Jews. Well we're the Jews. I don't care what you are. If you ain't in Christ, you ain't nothing. But lost. There's only two kinds of people today. There's only two families. There's a family of God, and there's a family of Satan. That's it. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter who you are. What color you? I'm so sick and tired of saying that we're the original Jews and we're God's people. No, shut up. You're lost. You're deceived. You're deceived. There's only two classes of people: the lost and the saved. That's we're right. the saved. Amen. 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 All right. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, Abraham's descendants, you know, I mean, think about it. During during a famine, they migrated to Egypt. It became a nation of about 4 million people. They were let out of captivity. They were across the Red Sea, and they started on their journey to the promised land. Notice what I said, to the promised land. I want you to understand. I want you to see it as big and magnificent as, as it is. God had a people, and he was leading them. He delivered them. He delivered them out of bondage and into the promised land. And all they had 
was the memory of a covenant and the seal of, of circumcision. At that time, they, they didn't have no law. They had no priesthood, all right? They had no religious teaching. They had nothing. They were just being led. And when they came out of Egypt, they were, you know, they were a nation of slaves. But God gave them the law. That's when he gave them the law of the covenant. I want you to pay, pay close attention. This is important. And you see, with this law, he gave them the priesthood. He gave them the law. Three things. I'm going to show you. I want you to see this. He gave them the law. He gave him. He gave them the priesthood, and he gave them the sacrifices. Then he gave an interpretation of the law. And that interpretation of the law, if you guys have never read it, you'll find an interpretation of the law in Numbers and Deuteronomy, in the book of Numbers and in the book of Deuteronomy. All right, so I'm talking about the Pentateuch now, the first five books of the Bible. I'm talking about these couple of books, and, and, and I'm going to talk about three books. And, the, and then the book of Leviticus, it had to do with the offerings and the, and the priesthood and the sacrifices and all the holy days, the law and, 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 and the ceremony and the priesthood were given uh, uh, to the Israelites, and, uh, and it was given to them only. Nobody else, no other people, just the Israelites, the Jews. It's so funny. I, I had some Jewish people in my car the other day, and we were going. I was taking them to the airport, and uh, it was a whole family. It was four people. <laughs> my car was packed. And they were just talking. They are on their way to a wedding in Idaho. And so I heard the guy say, the guy in the, uh, was talking about Somebody that, that had gotten, was in a relationship, and, and they were saying that the people weren't fond of the relationship. They were fond of the relationship. And what the guy, what the girl back there says, well, because she's, she's marrying a Gentile. I said, whoa. I don't think she realized what she was saying, but that was like, they say basically we, she shouldn't be marrying outside of her race, you know, you know. Today, if you're not in their, in, their, in their mind, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. They still see it the way it was back then. Okay, because anybody that wasn't a Jew was considered a heathen or a Gentile. All right. So, but anyway, going back, no, there were no Gentiles that were that were under these laws. That's why it always, it always, when I, when I you know, how can you and I, think about this, how can you and I, who are considered Gentiles, Gentiles never had a law. So the law never mattered to you and me anyway. And it's so funny how we, we attached ourselves to the Ten Commandments, but they never, they never, it, that was never ours in the first place. It was, it was the, the Jews that belonged to the Hebrews. Okay, so stick with me on this now. If you got any questions, stop me. Stop me in my tracks, okay? So, 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 you know, no Gentile was on, you know, was under the law at any time. It had, it had, it had nothing. They had nothing to do with any of the covenant blessings. Israel kept the covenant. You know, you, you know, Israel. While Israel kept, go ahead, honey. It's so funny. Like when you're saying that, uh-huh. you say that the gent, the uh, law never belonged to us because we weren't Jews. It was for the Jews. Right. But now here we are, believers. 
We want to hold on to the law. We want to hold on to the law. That is so crazy. Here we are. <laughs> we want to grab something that was never ours was in the never first place. All right. <laughs> what sense does that make? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's just that's what religion has done. You see, as long as Israel kept the covenant and walked in the law, there was no sickness among them, all right? No nation could conquer them, all right? Uh, David's, you know, warriors, they were blood covenant warriors. Uh, uh, you know, there's such a, there was such a history of them being supermen. I mean, they never got the They didn't, you know, I, I'm telling you, they won everything. There was only a handful of them compared, and they, all, they got all the victories. Why? Because they were under the covenant. They were God's covenant people. And then look at the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel gives us a picture of God's covenant, uh, God's covenant people. They were in captivity, and they were being, they were being, I mean, they were being tortured and tormented by heathenism and by heathen religions, all right? And it would have destroyed them as a nation. But thank God through Daniel and, and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, <laughs> they, they saved Israel. From what? From worshiping idols. You see? And then Daniel's, Daniel's miracle dream and, and interpretation. And the, and the three Hebrew boys, you know, they've been throw, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And, and Daniel's deliverance from the lion's den. And you see, oh, look at God working. And the, and, and the translation, you know, the, the writings that were on the wall. But, it, you know... The heathen nations saw. It shook them up to see how God dealt with his covenant people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and how and how God delivered them from, you know, how he protected his covenant people and how it was so awesome how Israel stayed away from the idols then and never went back to serving heathen gods again, you know. Wow. Wow, you know they were in bondage. They were they were entangled in that mess, but God delivered them. Isn't that awesome? Now I'm talking about a covenant people. I'm not talking about his children yet. I'm going to get to his children. Stay with me. Mm-hmm. All right. When Israel walked in the covenant, sickness or poverty, it was never among them. As long as they walked in the covenant. This is something that the rest of the world, what they call the heathens or the Gentiles, didn't have. It was only given to to the covenant people, the sons of Abraham, the family of Abraham. During Jesus' ministry, now listen carefully because this is very important. During Jesus' ministry, all he did, he expounded on the law. And he called Israel, while, he, while Jesus was on in his ministry, he called Israel back to the covenant. You see, Jesus came to, he came to the, to the Jews. You see, he, he never once put any of the so-called the Gentiles or the heathen nations at all. He didn't put any of them under the law. He was, when Jesus walked this earth, he was calling them back to the law. You're going to stick with me. You'll understand what I'm saying. All right? Jesus' coming was for the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant and the law. All right? 
And when he fulfilled that covenant, the law automatically stopped functioning as soon as Jesus fulfilled it. You remember when Jesus was on the cross and Jesus said, he said, it is finished. A lot of people are teaching that that meant, I just heard a minister the other day, a minister I've known for years, and he was he was teaching that, and he and he made it seem like what he said basically was that everything was finished, that the victory was won, everything was finished, and it was all established. Well, no, it wasn't. It was not finished. What was finished was three things was finished. Are you still there? Can you all hear me? Yes. Okay. Three things were finished. First, the first thing that was finished was the law, all right? And I'll explain that. In other words, there was a new law now, all right? The next thing that was finished was the priesthood, all right? There was no more need for a priesthood like they had. And the third thing that was finished were the sacrifices. That's that's what Jesus was talking about, the law, the priesthood. The law was set aside. There was no need for a priesthood like that, like they had back then. Like, we don't need priests like, 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 like they had. And there was no more need for blood sacrifices, for those kind of sacrifices. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead and read it. Uh, he, um, Hebrews five seventeen. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Matthew five seventeen. And it says, "Think not." Jesus is speaking. He says, "Think not that I, think not that I am come to destroy the law, or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill." But to fulfill, he came. Jesus came to fulfill. So Jesus came when he came. Jesus fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant. Covenant, all right. It 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 was it, it was called it was called a folded up as a it was folded up as 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 a, as a garment, and it was laid aside. So the law was set aside. It was set aside. Okay. Jesus introduced the new covenant. He introduced a new law with a new priesthood, a new sacrifice, and a new people. My God, think about that. A new covenant based on love, a continuation of the, the of all the blessing of God, a new, a, a new law, which is the law of love, I'm sorry, with a new priesthood. He is the priest. He is the only priest. A new sacrifice himself, the shedding of his blood, and a new people came out of that. You and I. Glory to God. Is anybody getting this? Hello? Amen. Can you hear me? Yes, Pastor. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. Got it. Mm-hmm. We are the new people. Go ahead, honey. What? Because then in Hebrews? Yeah. Hebrews 4.14? Yeah. Because like you said, there were, you know, they had the priests. Right. But here now is saying, seeing then, that we have a great high priest. high priest. We have a great high priest. 
that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Glory to God. Our great high priest. Yeah. You see, the verse, the first people were born uh, of circumcision. They were they were circumcised. All right. There was circumcision, and we know all know what that is. The second people are born of the spirit instead of the circumcision of the body. Instead of the circumcision of the body is a new circumcision. And what is it called? The circumcision of the heart. All right? Or or you can say the new birth. When you talk about the circumcision of the heart, it's the new birth. All right, we received a new heart. We received a new spirit. Amen. Let's look at um, let's look at um, John thirteen. We're going to read verses thirty four and thirty five. And this is, you see, with this new covenant or new covenant people came new law. Uh, you know, it came a new law. And let's look at it. John chapter thirteen, verses thirty four and thirty five. Anybody want to read that? John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. You want me to read it? Yeah. If you get there. Whoever gets there first. I could read it. I got it right in front of me. But no. Somebody else read it. 34 reads, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. With all those commandments. Right. The Ten Commandments. Right. But... They couldn't love. That's right. There was no love in them. There was no right. love. That's right. This is our, okay, this is our 30, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That how, 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 if we have love one, one towards to another. another? You know, if we're battling with our brothers and sisters in Christ, mm. there's no love in that. And the world looks at that and say, well, the witness mm. like that. That's what we do. Mm. Why would I want to be a part of that? Mm, mm, mm. We can't um, afford to have that mess, can we? Amen. No, we can't. But they're looking for love. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. they, they're missing, love in their life. Yeah. And what was the rest of it? He says, a new commandment yeah. I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Amen. And by this, so all men, you, you know that you're my disciples. Cycles. I'm sorry. And you see, this is a law that's supposed to govern God's people, the new creation people, you and I, the law of new love. covenant people, the law of love. This is what should govern us. Amen. All right. Let's look. Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 8, verses 1 and 2. Yes. We're going to look at a bunch of scriptures. I hope you're writing these scriptures down. Like I said, go back. This is, and it's very important that we do this because we're going somewhere with this with this ministry and these teachings, and it's going to. I'm telling you right now, it's going to revolutionize, revolutionize our lives. Amen. Hebrews mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter eight verses one and two. Go ahead. Hebrews eight one and two. I love this part of it. The verse the verse one. It says, now of the things which I have spoken, this is the sum. Exactly. Okay. Everything I've said, okay, I'm going to bring it right. Sum it this up right sum now. Sum it up right now. Yeah. I love that. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister 
of the sanctuary mm. and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, and not man. And not man. This is something that God did. He made this temple. Yes. He made this temple. Yes. The old temple, men built the temple. He told them what to do, and they built the temple. But this temple right here, oh, glory to God. This is something that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Mm. Thank you. When the veil of the temple was rent into from top to bottom, all right, it was the end of the earthly holy of holies, and it no longer functioned. So that was another thing. The, the earthly, the, the presence of God is no longer in the temple. The presence of God is no longer in the temple. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Is anybody getting this tonight? Amen. Don't everybody amen. say amen at the same time now. Yeah. Hard to talk and write at the same time. <laughs> All right. Talk, 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 talk and write. All right. Oh. Amen. Let's look. Let's look at. Uh, and I'll give you that. Uh, let's look at um, those those verses that what I just mentioned about the temple being rent from uh, from top to bottom. You can find that in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, verses fifty and fifty-one. All right. So the new holy of holies is in heaven. Jesus is our high priest. All right. Jesus is our high priest. We don't need another earthly priest. That's right. There's nothing between you and God anymore. There's, Jesus is the only thing between you and God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He's the priest. He's the high priest. Amen. Thank you, so Jesus. So glad about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read, I guess I'll read, well, my reader is writing. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I would read it, but I can't read it because we're, read, we're sharing the same Bible. <laughs> we're in the car. <laughs> Anybody else get to it, you can read it. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Well, I guess you better hurry up because she's almost there. I'm not almost there. I mean, 2, 1 through 9. Yes. Yeah. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be dis disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Mm -hmm. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. In verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
of peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right. Glory be to God. So what does that tell Amen. us? That, what does that tell us? That tells us, I mean, I mean, think about this now. It tells us of two priesthoods on earth now. The holy priesthood that offers up sacrifices of worship and love. Mm. Once again, the holy priesthood offers up sacrifices and worship of love. And the royal priesthood, it shows forth the excellence, his excellency, right? Who, call, who called us, you and me, he called us out of darkness and put us into light. One is our holy private ministry of love. The other is a public ministry of the word. You see, the problem that cut, excuse me, the problem that confronts the church now is, what is the relationship to the old covenant? None. It has no relationship. Besides that, we had, like we said earlier, no Gentile was ever under the old covenant or could ever get under it. Wow. My God. No Jew or Israelite can get into the old covenant now. Why? There's no power there. It's been set aside. It's been replaced with a new covenant. So now, those that were under the old covenant have to come into the new covenant. Because the old covenant, or that the law, has been set aside. Amen? Amen. So, I mean, you got to ask the question. you got to ask the question. Yes. Is the church church now to keep the Ten Commandments? No, the Ten Commandments were given to the unrecreated men. Mm. All right? They don't fit into a believer's life. Mm. we got to understand this. Understand what I'm saying. We're under a new covenant. We're a new creation. Okay? We can obey the new law of the new covenant, which covers everything that was in the law of the first covenant. One law. Mm-hmm. Just one law mm-hmm. would keep us from breaking all of the old covenant laws. Exactly. If we would just come under that covenant, exactly. uh, find out about that law, learn about that law, live and live in that law, and the law of love, yeah. We won't break that over. We we won't we won't break. We, you know we won't break those ten commandments anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's so, look at First Corinthians. Go ahead, Dorothy. So, the people, other than the Jews, they were considered all heathens. Everybody, yes. They were the only ones that they were the only people that had a covenant with God, that had any relationship to God. The only people. And there was a purpose for that. There was a purpose for that. You want me to tell you what that purpose was? Yeah, I'd like to know. The purpose was there would be a lineage that he could get his son into this world. And he wanted a lineage of people. He, that covenant was cut with Abraham, all right? And 
I'll tell you what. Let me show you. Let me show you right now. Let's go ahead and clear that up. Go to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to show you something. God had, there was a way that he wanted to bring his son into this earth, the Redeemer. More importantly than his son, the Redeemer. Because his purpose was come to redeem man, to redeem man from the power of the enemy, from the authority of the enemy. Galatians chapter 3, you'll see it right here. Let me show you something, because this is one of the things that's got the church all twisted up right now. Everybody thinks they got a covenant. But I'm going to show you something. Galatians chapter 3, we'll start at verse 13 and read down, because I, I just love 3.13. And it starts. Is everybody there? Galatians 3.13, let's start there. Go ahead. Just keep reading us. Just keep reading Yeah, yeah. Christ? I'll stop you as we go. Okay. Uh-huh. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Now, let me explain to you who he's talking to here first. Paul, here, in, in, at Galatia, there, there were Jews at Galatia that was going back into work. They were going back into work, so Paul is straightening all this out here. But go ahead. Uh-huh. We all have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Go ahead. 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seed. Stop. Listen to what it says. Now to Abraham and his seed. There's no S on the end of that. Go ahead. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. So, the promise. Get this now. I didn't write this. You see it right there with your own eyes. The promise was made to Abraham and his seed. Abraham and his seed. And it says, not as many, but as one. Who is who? Christ. Jesus. Jesus. So the covenant was cut. Between God and Jesus. Abraham, when God cut that covenant, he had to put Abraham to sleep anyway. <laughs> he had to move him out of the way. But that covenant was cut with God and Jesus because understand something about a covenant. In a covenant, both parties have to hold up their end. If one party fails to hold up their end, then there's a penalty, and it's death. Death. You understand? So the second party had to hold up their end. And that's why if we had a covenant with God, we would be dead. So Jesus had the covenant with God, and because we're in Christ, we come into the covenant that Jesus has with God. So you can say, yeah, I'm under a covenant, but I'm under the covenant, that, that the Abrahamic covenant that God cut with Jesus. 
Amen. So it's Amen. Like in my mind, when I picture in my mind, yeah, is I see God cutting, I see God cutting covenant, right? So with Christ, right? The Abrahamic, you know, cutting yeah. covenant, yeah. And then I see the law, right? In parentheses, the laws in between, in right? Uh huh. Yeah. And then I see Christ, right? And us, right? So it's like in a sentence. When you you're writing a sentence and there's a part in parentheses, uh-huh. if you take that part out, Ooh, the sentence still makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Yeah. And it it still goes together. Right. So it's like that's how I see us. But and then but now it's like now in the church, right? It's like we're trying to connect. Yeah, with the parentheses. You know why? Because we're we're law minded. We're just yes. because man. Is judgment minded. Yeah. You see. And that's what the what? next verse says that. I mean, it's not, it says like. And Go ahead, this, read it. Uh-huh. And it says, verse 17, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, uh-huh. the law which was 430 years after. Right. Cannot disannul, but it should make the promise of none effect. Right. Exactly. Right, and what it was, because how did how did Jesus become qualified? Because he obeyed the law. Mm-hmm. He was the only one who obeyed it. He, so he, he, automatically, he didn't deserve what he got. He, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Because he obeyed the law. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that ever obeyed the law. So that's why he was righteous, all right? He had righteousness, but he who knew no sin was made to be sent. He took all of our failure, all of our sickness and disease, all of our, all of our sin, sickness and disease, and probably and all the curse and everything. He took all of it when he didn't deserve it. The righteous took what the unrighteous had so that he could give the unrighteous righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. That's right. And, oh my gosh! Oh, oh, my, 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 my. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I. <laughs> you were gonna go to First Corinthians something, but you never said. Yeah, that. man, I tell you, I can't move right now. <laughs> Glory Jeez. be to God. First Corinthians ten thirty two. Glory be to God. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I want to stop here and make a comment. I'm going to make a comment in a few minutes. Boy, I'm telling you. Here. Oh, Jesus. First Corinthians 10.32. Yeah. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Give none offense. To who? The Jews, the Gentiles, or the church of God. Yes. And you know... Why? Let's look at it. Basically, God gives a, oh, my God. So God's division, we talked about this the other day, the human race, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church, okay? Now, let's, let's look at this. The Gentile represents all the people that are not born again, Okay? To the Jews, to the, today's Jews, it represents people who don't have a covenant with God. Mm-hmm. But today, but you know, so the Jews represent 
I mean, the Gentiles represent, represent those that don't have a covenant with God. And the church represents only those who become new creations, who've been born again. All right? And, and I'm not talking about the great body of denominationalism. The professing believers, there are those who profess to be believers, they haven't even been born again. All right? Because, because, of, whatever, because of what they came up under. And we have, we, have, we have three classes, the Jews, the unsaved, and the new covenant. The new create new creation, all right. So the world is under neither the Jewish law or the new covenant law. They stand on the outside. All right. Look at First Peter two ten. I'm gonna show you something. First Peter two ten. First Peter. First Peter two ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor. Yes, dear. Why? Why is it then that a lot of Jews don't believe that, that they're still waiting for Jesus? Because they they don't believe they don't believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. They don't believe that that Jesus that now they say that. And that Jesus came, but he wasn't the son of God. Or that, huh? She said, why is it they don't believe? They just, they, they don't, because number one, the Jews, number one, Jesus didn't come the way they thought he would come. They expected him to come. Okay? There's no way that they would take, they would think that Jesus Christ came as a man. First of all, they think when the, when the Redeemer comes in their mind, He's, you know, he's going to come as a spirit, not as a man. Okay? I, yeah, but, I see. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm I said I understand. Okay, yeah. All right. So, and even to this day, I, I just heard a Jewish guy say the other day that when, but all this stuff going on in Israel, well, we're just waiting for the Savior to come or for the, for the Messiah to come. Say, y'all, he already been here. Y'all missed it. Mm-hmm. There are some born again Jews. There are some, yeah. As a matter of fact, I I, I met a, a a rabbi of the Messianic Jews the other day. Matter of fact, I need to call him. We we're actually spending some, going to spend some time together. But yeah, he's a believer, and he he was telling me. Let me take a just stop here for a minute. He was telling me. I asked him. I said, you know, uh, Paul. I said, what I understand is that the Jews hate Christians in Israel. He says, no, no, no. He says, the Jews love Christians in Israel. What they hate is a Jew who has conformed to Christianity. They, to this day, they literally, as far as somebody who was, who was a Jew, if they converted to Christianity, they automatically despise and hate that, those individuals. That's right. Yeah. Well, I told you about this atheist whose brother was a rabbi and said there's no such thing as a Christian Jew. They're right, a Jew exactly. for the Christian. But they're not right, a Jew. Right. I mean, they're not a, right. a, a, yeah, a Jew. Yeah, he's messianic. Right, exactly. But the, that's what, you know, that's what they say. But the messianic Jew, they say we were Jewish born, but we believe that the Messiah has come. Okay. 
And so they call themselves, they don't really call themselves Christians, they call themselves Messianic Jews. All right? Okay. Where were we? First Peter 2.10. Mm-hmm. Which in time past were not a people, but are, not, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. But now have obtained mercy. The Gentiles represent all of the people who have not been born again. So, but First Peter 2.10 declares that there are no people. They have no standing. Uh, and God doesn't recognize them. There's only there's only one sin for, uh, you know, which they'll be judged. Or, you know, for which they'll be judged. There's only one sin. And what that is is the rejection of Jesus. The only sin that anybody will ever be judged of will be rejecting Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? So when I tell people that sin is not going to put anybody in hell, there's only one sin that's going to put people in hell. It's rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Why? Because Jesus paid for sin. He paid for sin. If you don't accept him, you're on the outside and you'll be judged You'll only be judged because you didn't you didn't accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of Christians that there are a lot of believers, judgment minded believers, that they see a, a believer sin and they say you're going to hell. I've heard people say it. I've heard it said said right out of the pulpit. All right. Well, that that ain't the case and. And that's exactly what the scripture says, okay? Yeah. You see, the church, the, <laughs> my gosh, I'm telling you something. It is something. I'm telling you. They rejected Jesus. They're not under the teaching of Jesus. You know, the, the Jesus of the, you know, of the gospel. Amen? Hallelujah. Only the sons and daughters of God are under obligation to the new covenant. Those of us that are born again. Those of us that are born again. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here. I wanna I wanna make a statement. You guys are gonna hear a lot of this over the next several months, probably. Want you to understand? I've given I've given everybody. Well, some of you on the call, you don't listen to the Sunday message, and I understand. You know, because you have your own church and you do so and so, which is fine. But I want you to understand this. We've been giving those promises out. We've been, we've been, you know, giving the promises. I don't, this Sunday was we forgot to give them, but we've been giving it. We've been, we've been putting the promises out there for a reason. The promises of God are so important. Okay. And I ask people who don't write these promises down, who don't study these promises, who don't write them down, who don't make them their priority, my question to you is, what are you praying? What are you praying? How are you praying without the promises of God? Well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to show you. Over in, in First John, we've been over this verse of scripture for years. We've been going, I mean, for you know, for, you've heard this verse. You should know it by heart by now. First John chapter five, verse fourteen, fifteen, and it says, 
Uh, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? Somebody tell me. The word. The word. If we ask anything according to his will, it simply says he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now, this is not to criticize anybody. This is a part of us growing up spiritually because we're talking about the spiritual man. You know, we talk the spiritual man, I'm going to cap this off again this Sunday. The spiritual man is the man. You know, I talked about some things, but one of the things about the spiritual man that he understands the word of God, that the word of God, he understands the promises of God, and those are the things that's in his heart, and those are the things that he'll lift up before God, and he'll never doubt it. Okay, that's what the spiritual man does. All right? So, uh, and and uh, let me just keep going. I'm going to show you something. So, the next question is, the, are these promises really ours, and how were they established? Were they established through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Did Jesus provide this for me on the cross? Did he go to the cross? Did he take my sickness? Did he take my sins? Did he take um, did my poverty? Did he become poor that I might be made rich? Did he take all of these things? Did he suffer these things on the cross? Yeah. That's the first that's the first thing I have to ask myself. It's easy to say yeah, but the thing is when you pray and you have the word or the promises of God for healing, do you say do you take it back and say, Did was this provided for me through his death, yeah. burial, and resurrection? Amen. Just just think about that. When when you can say that, your doubt goes out the window. It's not even about your faith anymore. It's about his faith. Did Jesus, right. did Jesus purchase these things for me with his faith? Amen. To put your faith right in place. Did Jesus provide these things for me with his faith? Uh, his faith. Of course he did. Hmm. That'll provide these things for me with his faith. Yes, he did. All right? So when, you, when you're dealing with something in your body, all right, let, so let me keep going. The other thing is when you're faced with circumstances and the things that come at you that are not like God, things that God, that Jesus already defeated, is Jesus, now you ask the question, is Jesus seated at the right hand of God? Is he resting? Is he seated there because he won the victory? So now when you approach it, so, so now when you, hold on one second, please. Jeez. Uh, uh, ah. We're trying to get our act together here. I got it. Hold on. All right, so, you know, so the next question is, did Jesus defeat these things? Do 
did he have victory over the devil? Did he defeat all circumstances, right? So, right. So, so therefore, right. So the question is, because Jesus has the victory, and I'm in Jesus, am I an overcomer? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I got the victory. There you go. So you're an overcomer. Jesus won the victory. Yes, sir. So because the, vic- so the victory is already had, it's already done, so when things come my way, do I see myself as one who can overcome that, who has overcome that? Yes. 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 Am I going to stand? Am I going to stand in the face of circumstances? And am I going to base my the fact that I overcome? Am I going to look at what Jesus did for me? Am I going to keep looking at myself? Look at what Jesus did for me. So my focus has to be Christ. Yes, right. My my focus has to be the cross. You know, for years, for years. For years we had these ministers saying, and, and bless their heart, they didn't know because they didn't understand the power of the cross. And so for years they would say, well, I ain't going to wear no cross. I ain't going to put no cross up because Jesus ain't on the cross. Thank God he's not on the cross. But the cross, when you, when you go to the cross, you identify with the cross because that's where you died. When he died, you died. You've been moved out of the way, and Jesus has came alive, but, but on the cross, in all of his deaths, wait a minute now, stay with me. When I died, my sickness died. When Jesus died, my sickness died. Diseases died. Lack died. And all of the curse of the law died. Everything, he died. It was very, it's gone. It's no more. Exactly. Thank you, Jesus. So can I ask the question, when, when sickness comes, will I, will I go right to the cross and say, did Jesus heal me? Did he yes. suffer on the cross? That's why when people tell you that the 39 stripes that the Romans put on Jesus is your healing, it cannot be. It cannot be. The chastisement is the bruising that God put on Jesus for you. Right. Anything that anything that a man did to Jesus Christ can never bring you any part of salvation. It had to be the debt wasn't Jesus didn't owe a debt to men. The debt was owed to God the Father, and He had to carry out the punishment. Amen. Thank you. And so, and so when He was on the cross, listen now. When He was on the cross, if you read Isaiah chapter. Chapter 53, verse 10, it said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That's what that word chastisement means there. The bruising, the beating, the pounding. He, Jesus bore that in his body. So, so he paid the, he paid so the complete total to. price for that. Huh? So we wouldn't have to. So we wouldn't have to. He, he took right. everything that was, he took everything that was against us. He did. And he took the punishment for it because the price had to be paid. And then he went into the depths of the earth. He went into hell, not hellfire and brimstone. That, that fire ain't been lit yet. He went into the heart of the earth. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be teaching on, a, I'm going to be teaching on when uh, uh, 
What's that boy's name in the lion, uh, in the lion, in the, in the whale's belly? Jonah. 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 So what we're going to talk we're going to, you're going to see Christ and all of that. You, we're going to go through the whole thing. You're going to see him in the, in, in the well. When Jesus went into the heart of the earth and he suffered in the heart of the earth, he was tossed to and fro. That whole story of Jonah shows you Jesus in the earth. Now, now, and we'll get to that later, you know, but I only got a couple of minutes here, but I'm, I'm telling you. So when, um, when are we going to start identifying with what Jesus Christ took away from us and start receiving that which is against us? That's right. The reason people don't the the reason people don't get healed, believers don't get healed, is because they haven't been taught that. We're looking. Most of us are looking at the ministry of what Jesus did on this earth. That didn't bring us anything. He showed us what that showed us is what a man full of the Holy Ghost can do. That's right. He wants us to see. We have to look on, on the other side of the resurrection. We're found on that side. Hallelujah. We're found on that side, brothers and sisters. And, and so we're going to get into all of that so that when, when anything comes against you that should be coming against you, you're going to identify with Christ immediately. It's called identifying with Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to be identifying with Christ. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. When this becomes, when this becomes our reality, and the reason it's going to be so easy, we're not going to rely on our faith anymore. We're going to be relying on the faith of Jesus. And our faith is going to work. It's automatically going to work. Because it was Jesus' faith. He purchased all of that, everything for us. All of the promises of God, Jesus purchased with his faith. How do you think he came out of the grave? With his faith. He trusted the Father. Remember the verse from faith, from faith to faith, the just shall live by faith. Jesus was the just, he lived by faith. It's from our faith to his faith. We live by his faith. It was his faith that purchased everything that we ever need. We've been making it about our faith all this time. Our faith will automatically, it will automatically line up with his faith. And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you, when that becomes your reality, things are going to fall off of you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. That's right. Praise God. That's right. Easy, gonna, easy. Yes. Yes. Because now now who you identifying with? You identifying with your father. You with your savior. You're one with him. I'm, I'm Pastor yes, Perlene said something yes, to me. Pa- Pastor Perlene said something to me today. Man, I mean it, and and the light went on side and, and on inside of me like I ain't never seen before. This light went on. She said, Say it again. You remember? Thank you so much. She talked about if the church ever gets, I don't know how she said, the reality of being in him, 
Remember that? I think I said. Say it. I think I said yeah. a lot of the church doesn't really, don't really believe, that or understand what, that Christ in them. is in them. Oh, yeah. That's what she said. She does, She said a lot of the church doesn't understand Christ within them. Oh, my goodness. Man, let me tell you something. We're going to be going through all of those things. We're going down that path because you're not going to be sick. You're not going to lack. Your children are not going to be defeated. Your children are not going to, you're not, you're not going to lose your children. You're not going to lose your generations before their time. You're going to, you're going to walk in health. So some of us are going to walk right on out of this earth with not one ounce of sickness or disease. We haven't seen nothing yet. I'm so. I'm telling you, I'm. We are so ready and so prepared just to see the blessing of the Lord. I mean, just we're just gonna walk in it. Yes, Lord. But we're gonna get to the place that we're gonna stop relying on ourselves, and we're gonna go where we're supposed to be going. And I'll say, we're in Christ. He's in us. We're one with Him. He won the victory. Yeah. He did it all. He says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy, heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In, in him is rest. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I went over a few minutes, three minutes over. But I'm here to tell you. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we ain't seen nothing yet. We're going to learn these things. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to be, yeah. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe there's one person on this call, if you all say, I don't believe there's one person on this call that doubts anything that I just said. You want me to tell you why? You know why? Because you have the life of Christ on the inside of you, and the truth will always be a witness to him. Yes, Lord. It will always be a witness to your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's about him. It's about Jesus. That's right. Glory to God. I'm well, there's a lot. There's a lot of goings on that are saying <clears throat> that um that we should follow what other people's interpretations of the promises are. You don't do that. <laughs> you go to God. You go to Amen. Jesus. And you find you out know what? what he says about the promise. You got a promise? You go to him and say, okay, you, t- you tell me what this is all about. You, you, know, you tell me. And he, he'll, use, he'll use anybody. He can use anybody. He can use a jackass to tell you. You, you know, Reverend Marsha, it boils down to one thing. Uh-huh. When people start when people start teaching that way, it boils down to one thing. And I know ministers of God that teach the word every day. I know ministers of God that teach they 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 call great faith teachers and they call all these things. And the one mm-hmm. and it boils down to one they boils down to one thing. They don't know the they don't really understand the power of the cross. Mm-hmm. They don't understand mm-hmm. it. They they don't understand, and you know we're going to be going. We're going to be teaching all of these things over the next several months. They don't understand the power of the cross, and it's amazing 
It's amazing how they don't understand there's nothing that we can do that that can please God of our own works. Mm-hmm. You got it. He wants us to, God wants us to live in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And he wants, oh, listen to this now, he wants all of our doings to be done out of faith in our hearts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And done by love. Yes. And done by Absolutely. And d- done by love. You can. There's nothing that any of us can do to earn any part of righteousness. Right, exactly. And that's where Thank our confidence is. And that's, that's why you know. We, yeah, and we. That's why we, we're going to continue to give dish out these promises, and I pray that people will write them down and don't just write them down. But go sit down and let them become your reality. That's why the Holy yep. Spirit is here. The Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit here. Uh, uh, all right, I said I was, I was gonna go, but I got to show you one more thing. I want to show you something. Go to, uh, go to, uh, uh, gee whiz, John chapter, I think it's fourteen. Let me, let me turn my light on here. John chapter fourteen. I want to read something to you. I might be thirteen. I, I, I'll tell you when I get there. I got, I'll tell you something very much in relationship to what you just said, Reverend Marshall. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show mm-hmm. you something. All right. John chapter 14. And uh, hold on. Help him, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Just, just, uh, what is it, John? Uh, uh, hold on. Yeah, I, I, it's John 14, verse, it might be John 16, 15. Oh, I believe it's 15. Oh, oh my goodness. I want the one where he says, here we go, here we go, John chapter 16. All I want right. to show you something. God, hallelujah. Look at this. John chapter 16. John 16. We're going to start at verse 7. It says, I'm going to read this. Y'all stay with me. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, that meaning necessary, for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when, listen to this, and when he has come, he will, re- he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then he explains it. He says, listen now, listen, this is what y'all, when I tell you that sin ain't going to put nobody uh, in the ground, there's only one sin that's going to cause people to go to hell. He says, uh, he says of sin because they believe not on me. That's the only sin that's going to mm-hmm. put people away because they believe not on me. And he says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he comes to convict you of that. And he says, of judgment, because the prince of the world is judged. There will be judgment. And those he'll be judged, and those that are with him who didn't accept Jesus will be judged with him. And he says, and now listen to this. 
He says, I have many things to, he says, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Why? Because, because why do you say that? Because they hadn't felt, they haven't received the life of God yet. And he says, yet I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, in other, in other words, but whatsoever you shall hear, shall he speak, and whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. What have we spent mm. the night doing tonight? What have we spent the last part of Bible? This whole thing is glorifying God. This is how you know it's the Holy Spirit. He's glorifying Jesus. Lifting up Jesus. Yes. He shall glorify yes. me, but he shall receive of me, of mine, and shall show it to you. I'm going to tell him what to show you. He is going to yes. receive of everything that I accomplish for you, of everything, of who I am, who you are in me, everything that I accomplish for you, and he is going to teach it to you. He's going to show it to you. He'll show it to you. And, and, and I... And and a little while, and and he said, in a little while, you shall not see me. And again, a little while, you shall see me because I go to the Father. But the bottom line is, the Holy Spirit has come to reveal these things to you. Yeah. In every pro, in every promise of God that you see, every promise of God that you see is something that has been established through the death and the burial and resurrection of our, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so now, listen, yes, and now listen to me now. Now he is the mediator. He's, also, he's a testator, and he's the mediator. He's the testator as well. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, overseeing everything that he accomplished and gave to you. He's overseeing. He is overseeing. He the one verse in, in uh, Jeremiah, uh, uh, I believe it's uh, Jeremiah one told you he watches over his word to perform it. Well, Jesus watches over the word to perform it too. That's why he said. Amen. That's why he said. That's why he said. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, it says he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know he'll do something about it. We know Amen. that we have. We know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Because he's going to back back his word that came out of his word into your heart and out of your mouth. And the life that says that he's provided for you uh, uh, through his death, burial, and resurrection, the life that he's placed in you will manifest. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All of the promises. When he tells you that all of the, when he says all of the promises of God are yes and amen in him, don't you think you need to know what those promises are? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Boy, we ain't seen I'm going to tell you all something. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, don't you lose your hope. Don't you lose your hope. Glory to God. Don't you, don't you lose your hope. No, no, I got no. it. I got it. 
Don't lose your hope because the, what is that hope? What hope? What hope are you talking about, Pastor? A confident expectation of only good. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Only good. Amen. We ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. So glad about it. All right, Amen. I'm gonna pray us out tonight. I'm gonna pray us out tonight. Hallelujah. Anybody got any <laughs> comments before we go? Any prayer, any comments before we go? All right, just a black word. Buddy, family, everybody on this broadcast, I believe God's got a special promise individually to them, and they go to them, find out what it is, just be, be mindful of what he wants to tell you about it. But it's not going to be the same not going to be the same promise for, for everybody, okay? But that's what to say. So, have yourself in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, in the name of Amen. Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for this life that you've given us in Christ Jesus. Thank we you, thank sir. you that you get that you gave your son that we that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. We thank you. We have the abundant life, Father. We thank yes. you that we have the, we have the gift of uh, uh, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, so that we would reign in this life in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that yes, all of your promises, not one, but all of your promises, they are yes, yes. and they, amen, amen in yes. your son. In him. Yes. And, Father, we thank you that we are set up in him. He's set up on the inside of us. And, Lord, we ask you that your spirit will constantly and always remind us of our being in Christ and him being in us and that we, we are in Christ and we are filled to the overflow with the life of Christ, that we have Amen. an inheritance, that we live in Jesus Christ. Inheritance, Father, we thank you that you're revealing these things to our heart. And from this day forward, we will never be the same, Father. We thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit, Father, that this is not about a man. It's about not about men as we know it, but about a man. The man, Jesus Christ himself, your son. We thank you, Father, for we thank you, Father, for the humanity of Jesus Christ. Because without his humanity, we have no hope. Yep. So, Father, we thank you that you're constantly renewing our minds to the new man, to the new man that is in Christ Jesus. And so, yes. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord God, that as we go for the rest of this week, from one week to the next, that our focus is did Jesus provide it for us through his death, burial, and resurrection? No matter what it is, whether it comes against us, no matter how it tries to come against us, was there victory? All we overcome is, Father, make us ever mindful of the that we are overcomers that because yes. Jesus has won the victory, that it is sure, that it is done. We thank you, Father, that the old covenant, the old law has been set aside. We thank you, Father, that the, that, that the, the, the priesthood and, and the sacrifices of Old Testament, they're done. 
that we have a new great high priest. Yes, sir. And Father, we thank you. We receive our new great high priest. He's ever forever making intercession for us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that's constantly and always reminding us, lifting up, showing us yes. our righteousness, convicting us of our righteousness, of who we are in Christ Jesus. That, 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 that he's always revealing Jesus to us. Yeah. So, Father, we say tonight, have your way, and we thank you, and we receive everything that you have done for us through Jesus Christ. We thank Amen. you for it, Father. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, be, well, be, glory to God. Well, be blessed. Be blessed. That's the only way you're supposed to be. Nothing less than blessed. You got anything? Sharon, you going to say something, sis. What was it? I was going to say it was a beautiful lesson. Hallelujah. An anointed lesson. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Well, y'all have a wonderful night. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Good night. Praise the Lord. God bless. Shalom. 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 Shalom.